0: Are you concerned about hitting your revenue targets this month, quarter, or year? Your answer is Value Prime Solutions, a sales training and marketing optimization company leveraging the value selling framework. Visit www.valueprimesolutions.com and start accelerating your results.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. For those of you that don't have time to listen to the entire episode, please check us out at b2brevexec.com or, of course, iTunes, where any of your reviews are greatly appreciated. Today, we have with us Cindy Kennedy, District Manager for Course 360, technology services company, and our plan is to focus on customer service as part of the sales process and how it's a critical component to driving revenue, account expansion, and exactly um, what that means to Cindy as she manages her team. Team. So Cindy, first, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today.
0: Absolutely, Chad. Thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan of Value Prime Solutions after attending one of your sessions a few years ago, where I was able to be a guest with one of our key partners. So thank you for having me.
1: Oh, excellent. So we like to try and front load the value. Some people, some of our listeners jump on just to just to hear this question, but we like to start out with understanding a little bit more about a defining moment in your career. Was there something that happened? Uh, that kind of changed the course or changed your perspective on something? And if so, what, what was it and what did you take away from it?
0: Yeah, so, you know, my my first job in high school a long time ago was <laughs> at uh, Target. And Target would had actually contracted with Penn and & Teller. And Penn and & Teller would release these new skits probably once a week or every couple of weeks. And whenever they would come out, we would have to attend these sessions in order to pass um, our training for that week or, or that month. And then they would play those sessions in the break room, you know, over and over and over again. <laughs> but Target was big on customer service. So their whole thing and what they ingrained in us was that there was nothing more valuable than the service that you can provide. And I still think this to that day, you know, I go to Target because I like the way that um, it feels and I like the way that they treat their customers. So, you know, what I learned from the very beginning of my career, and it was ingrained in me, is the most important and most valuable service you can provide is an excellent experience. And uh, that has followed me throughout my entire career. and And I believe it's the basis for... How you can build a sales career.
1: Excellent, and so that plays really well into kind of our focus for the day. And and I'm curious, you know, if you could give me one or two quick examples of how you personally, on a daily basis, try to stay focused on that that buying experience or that customer experience. Uh, I'd love to know what those are.
0: Well, it starts with how we treat each other internally. Right when we're in the office and we're working, whether we're working with another group or within our group, you know, if we're treating people with respect and we're doing the things that we preach we need to be doing with our customers, I think it just becomes a behavior and it becomes repetitive versus it being something that you have to work on.
1: Something that you become, you know, focused on, authentic, and purposeful with, right? Something that it's just part of. Day-to-day. Excellent. Okay. Well, when we were emailing back and forth on setting this up, you mentioned three key components um, from your perspective of customer services in sales, listening, trust, and loyalty, uh, and responsiveness. I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, each one in more detail. So obviously, let's let's start with listening, right? It seems fairly obvious, of course, but you and I both know there's a hell of a lot of salespeople out there that have what we call happy ears. <laughs> so I'm yeah. curious how you work with your teams to increase that active listening acumen.
0: Uh, and you are absolutely right. It is often easy to only hear what we want to hear. And yet so often when the customers are talking, we are not hearing what they are actually saying. You know, this is one of those things where Again, if we're practicing it internally on a daily basis and we hear somebody saying something and then we repeat what they are saying, then that becomes part of your regular routine. But some of the things that we do on a religious basis is typically our sales teams, our sales reps are going into meetings with someone else. They have an engineer or another member of the team with them. So it's really important after the meeting is over for everyone to compare notes and ask, what did you hear? What were your key takeaways? And then following that up with an email to the customer. And I like to keep emails as simple and concise as possible so that the customer has the time to read it. And I also like to keep it bulleted. And it's pretty easy. A few bullets on this is what I've heard. These are our action items, and these are our next steps. So we're validating with the customer, and they can either confirm or say, "Hey, look, I think we, you know, this is what I meant." They can correct, or you know, we can. They can say, "Great, hey, we're good to go. Yes, this is exactly what I'm looking for." Um, And not always do they respond to emails, but at least it's there.
1: Right. It's a. And then
0: lastly, it's a reference point exactly. And and also, if you keep everybody on the same everybody that's included in the same style format, then you can keep consistency and customers know what to expect from you and then lastly, is when we go back for the next meeting, starting off that meeting by recapping the last meeting, right getting more validation and acknowledging to the customer that you've heard what they've said, and if it's not what they said, then they can. And, you know, they can clarify, but you've got to acknowledge. Acknowledging is the first key to listening.
1: Okay. Excellent. Excellent. And we, I'm a big fan of, you know, sales reps confirming what they've heard, right? You and I have talked about this. We interviewed uh, Les Trackman not too long ago, and he, he was very i <laughs> probably over the top passionate about that, making sure that you are playing back what you've heard, uh, giving the customer the opportunity to comment. And then, of course, you know, collaborating with them on, on what the next steps are. So Excellent. So uh, the next thing on the list was trust and loyalty. Right. And this is one where you and I, again, are definitely on the same same page. At the end of the day, uh, regardless of technologies that people want to hide behind, people buy from people. And it's a challenge sometimes, I think, for people to provide reps with a consistent, repeatable way to engender trust. So I'm curious from your perspective, how do you work with your teams on on that trust and loyalty? And what does that mean as you're you're managing them?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, nobody wants to be sold to. Not even me, (laughs) right? That, that That whole salesman thing mentality. I mean, people get prepared to go to the car dealerships, right? Everybody can't stand salespeople. So the first thing that we have to do is stop selling, right? Nobody wants to be sold to. What we need to be doing is helping our customers fix the problem or improve something, right? Because people aren't buying just to buy. They're trying to accomplish something. And that's really the key to building trust is to stop selling. If you can do these things that, you know, starting off with, providing the excellent customer service by listening and understanding and providing your customers with something you need to solve a problem, then that's going to build trust. When you are providing them with something that's solving their problem on a consistent basis, then that's going to build loyalty, right? And loyalty equals customer satisfaction,
1: yeah without a doubt and it's it's interesting how many reps just want to run in and say hey look at this you know cool solution or product or whatever i have and don't take the time to really understand what solution or what problem they're trying to solve I, and i yeah.
0: it, it happens all the time you know and it may be something that the customer needs but if they haven't articulated their problem then how can we be so sure of something that they need
1: Right. Without a doubt. It's funny to see, you can tell, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that people don't like salespeople. I mean, I guess, because that's what you and I do for a living. I guess the positive thing is at least we're not as negatively rated as politicians these days, but um, for those, you know, for those that are, you know, ultra high performers, I, you know, consistently see them really working to uncover what is the the problem in the customer's mind and, and how to connect their solution uniquely to it. Uh, but it takes some diligence. It definitely does. So third point that you had on your list was responsiveness uh, or do what you say, right. And, and and stick to it. I understand how this can impact trust and loyalty, uh, but I'd love to hear how, you know, why this is one of the top three things for you in customer service.
0: Yeah, it it is something that a lot of people drop the ball on. And it's one of those things where, you know, when you look at providing customer service and building those partnerships and that trust, it's about what you do and not about what you say. I see oftentimes sales reps will go into meetings and they'll talk about how they're going to build their trust and how they're going to do this and how they're going to provide value right? But at the end of the day, it's about what you're doing and what you're providing. So it's something you demonstrate, not something you talk about. Responsiveness is one of those things that you can do to show your customer that you're going to be there for them. You know, it's it's not one of those things that's easy to manage. You know, I'm not a micromanager. And if you're a sales rep that needs to be micromanaged, then you're probably not cut out for sales, um, <laughs> to be quite. But I try to instill the importance of not just being responsive, but being proactive. Sales reps who don't take a proactive level working with prospects and customers will be measured based on the amount of business that they get. Customers aren't going to buy very much from somebody who's standing there with their handouts. They need someone who's going to be proactive, who's going to learn their business, who will be attentive to their needs, their timelines, and go above and beyond, and providing the extra value. We always, I think all of us have that we're value-added partners, right? But unless you're actually providing something that nobody else is proactively, then there's no extra value there, right? Customers typically don't shop someone who is providing them with everything that they need. Being proactive without being annoying, right? There's a difference. (laughs) Um, and then staying on top of things and providing them with the, with the additional valuable services. So a lot of our customers are just bogged down. They work 50, 60 hours a week and they can't get everything done, right? So is there something that we can do that can make their life easier and proactively do that for them instead of just waiting for them to ask, something
1: about right being aware being aware of of the entirety of the situation it's not just about their relationship with you they have other jobs other things that get in the way business issues change all the time problems crop up it requires that you know i think honestly i think it's a great insight because it's it's key to becoming that that trusted advisor right somebody that you can rely on that you know if there's not a problem they can solve right now that they're not going to try and shove something down your throat right? be aware of what's yeah. going on Excellent. So when you, when you put all of this together and you start looking at, you know, it's it's always a challenge to manage sales reps, having done that myself, how do yeah. you focus on the activity levels of the reps, make sure they stay true to those tenants of customer service, right? Especially, you know, it's, it's a crowded landscape, especially for, you know, resellers and the things that you guys are doing. Kind of curious how you combine all of that to either drive track or inspire um, activity levels. Yeah. Well,
0: it's a different beast. I mean, Customer service starts once you get in the door. In my opinion, if you are doing those three things, then the results will be getting the business, and therefore the activity level will be high. As far as prospecting and getting in the door, that's an entirely different beast. Since customer service is something that, like I said, you demonstrate over time, right? You can't really do that when you're in prospecting mode. Right. Getting in the door is tough, and that requires consistent activity. This is where probably our reps struggle the most because prospecting and rejection go hand in hand. So how do you keep prospecting and keep that activity high and consistent when you're constantly getting rejected? You know, we we work hard to celebrate our successes. So, you know, if you're constantly out there, you know, just grinding it day after day, whether it be making phone calls, sending emails, getting outside, you know, when you do have those wins, you know, let's celebrate them and let's put a lot of effort behind it uh, so that you kind of get that momentum to keep going day after day.
1: Yeah. The rejection part of it. I mean, I, when I teach classes or, or work with clients, I always ask students, you know, who in here loves sales and a lot of hands go up. I was like, who in here loves prospecting and a lot of hands go down. It's, yeah. the, it's the, it yeah. is the grind portion of the component without a doubt. Have you guys found a, a consistent way? I, and I asked this, I don't know that there's ever, I haven't come across like the perfect answer, but I'm always curious how people are trying to track the effectiveness of that stuff. Like what's working and what isn't people talk about tech or the, some people use spreadsheets. I'm just, kind of curious how how you keep the pulse on that and measure it.
0: I really believe that it's each individual rep, it's different for each individual rep. So a couple of things that we do is try to break it down, right? So you're not just consistently doing the same activity eight hours a day, five days a week, (laughs) right? Right? You got to break it up a little bit and break up the type of activity. And different reps have success with different types of activity and sometimes it's based on what they're comfortable with. And sometimes it's based on, you know, just how they're being effective at at doing that certain activity and measuring that can be tough, but ultimately at the end of the day, you know, we're a sales organization where the proof is in the place, right? You know, you can manage spreadsheets, you can manage CRM, you can manage all of these different things, but your paycheck, Actually
1: manages you best. <laughs> yes, it does. Is the ultimate motivator. <laughs> okay. So for our audience, just so you guys know, Cindy, like many of the people that we have talked to, was a ultra high performer as an individual contributor before she uh, made the, the move to the dark side of, of sales management. And she still, of course, has accounts and stuff. And you and I have talked about the difference between management and carrying a bag. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, with that experience of being that ultra high performer and now moving into management, how has it affected how you evaluate potential team members or sales reps for the team, characteristics, experience? Looking for things like that?
0: Well, I think there's, we have talked about this. I think there's a lot of different factors that go into it. I know when you and I spoke previously, we talked about, you know, and in what order of a child were you, you know, how many siblings do you have, you know, those different types of things. You know, I've found that I will say that there are some people that have some reps that have really surprised me, both good and bad, where I thought they would be you know, really into sales and really good at sales. And then you kind of learn that that's not their thing. And so as far as one characteristic, I can't really say that I've, I've found the magic there. I would love it if somebody has and would share it. Um, <laughs> what I would say is that I believe that about 10% of sales people are born and 90% learn it. Right. And it's hard to know exactly who has that DNA, who's born as a salesperson and has that natural DNA. But when you find that person, then you can be guaranteed that they are going to crush it, you know, throughout their entire career.
1: Excellent. Yeah, it's. Um, I think one of the latest stats I saw is that some of the, even the best hiring managers, not just in sales but in general, bat about about five hundred. So like a fifty-fifty shot that you know somebody's going to get through the interview process <laughs> that shouldn't have. Yeah. When you look at your business today, right? We've talked about how you guys are focused on customer service and, and then you know what you're looking for in your reps. When you look at Corus's business today, you know what's the top business priority for you and your team?
0: You know, I, I mean, we think that at Chorus, you know, we're a pretty good company, right? And we provide some pretty cool things and we have really good team of resources and we can really help customers. And so our top priority is getting that message out there and getting in front of enough customers so that we can continue to be effective at the services that we are providing. In falling in line with that, you know, we hire our president has a strong belief that everybody deserves an opportunity. And so he hires people young in their career and he provides them with that foundation to go out there and build a career. So what we really look to focus on is our people and giving them the opportunity to build and grow and A lot of those people start, some of them start out from an engineering, but most of them start out from, um, and we bring them into our sales organization and we develop them. Our goal is to develop them. Our top priority is develop them into senior sales reps. And through our our history, we have had a lot of success being able to do that.
1: So bring them in young, teach them the course way, give them an opportunity and the foundation to be successful, and then let them rip and roar into the marketplace.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So when you look at, you know, wanting to get that message out, of course, new customer acquisition, things like that. What would you say the top three challenges you're struggling with or wrestling, say struggling, wrestling with today uh, would be?
0: Can they
1: all be the same? Getting in front of customers, <laughs> getting in front of customers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, without a doubt. They definitely can. So, what, so getting more at bats, right? So that goes back to that process.
0: Getting, getting more Getting more advanced at bats, and then you know, differentiating yourself. So everybody goes in with an elevator pitch or their value proposition. Really, but people have heard all of that. So you have to really demonstrate and demonstrate your how you're different from you know your competition. It's difficult. It's tough.
1: Yeah, it sales. I like to say sales is a contact sport. It's definitely not for the uh, for the meek of meek of heart. Right. It takes.
0: Yeah, for sure. A
1: lot of focus. Excellent. So let's change direction a little bit here. Um, We ask all of our guests kind of two standard questions uh, towards the end of each interview. Uh, The first one is simply as a revenue executive yourself, it also puts you in the position of being someone that other sales professionals are going to try and get in front of or try and get your attention. And you mentioned earlier, you don't like to be sold to. So I'm really kind of curious, what is the best way to, to capture your attention and build credibility if someone were trying to bring a solution to a problem that you know they were aware you had
0: well good question because i often look for people who are effectively doing that right because we are being sold to all the time we are a reseller of technology and services and so people come to us to have us providing their products and technology to our customers so you know it takes consistent You know, touch points, right? So once, once you start hearing from somebody consistently, and I'm not talking about the spam mail, but you know, (laughs) reaching out via the phone and trying different ways to connect and maybe reaching out to somebody that you know and come or that I would know and coming in as kind of a reference, you know, that goes a long way because I can usually rely on that person that is being, that was referenced to Say, okay, you know what, this is somebody that I should talk to. You know, I don't think your friends out there are just going to be sending telemarketers your way. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think that that's pretty effective and that's one of the things that we try to do is, you know, what are your connections out there? Who do you, who do you know and who can refer you on the door?
1: Excellent. Yeah. So the networking aspect. In fact, I think that's how you and I got connected was through uh, was through somebody yep. that I that I knew. It's a very yep. familiar story. Um, Mark Shank from KPMG said very much the same thing. In fact, he he at least was right up front and said, "Look, I'm not going to return your emails or your phone calls. If you want to get in front of me, you got to have somebody bring you to me."
0: <laughs> so- that was much more direct. but Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's yeah
1: he's uh, probably not as polished as you are. <laughs> Let's put it like that. Excellent. All right. So, last question we ask everybody uh, for an acceleration insight. So, if you think about sales and marketing professionals, uh, and you had the opportunity to give them, you know, one or two pieces of advice that you really thought were going to help them, you know, beat their targets, what would that be and why?
0: Understand your business and I'm going to go back to listen. So in the technology industry, there are a lot of sales reps who rely solely on their engineers or uh, other companies. And I would say that customers want to buy from people that they know understand what they need, and it goes back to customer service and listening, right? So as a salesperson, if you don't understand the industry that you're in and you don't understand what it is the customer is looking for, then how are you able to give them a solid recommendation? And it's very common in this industry for sales reps, you know, not to want to get too technical and not to want to understand uh, and I think that that is short-sighted. And then the other thing is, you know, I, I just, I can't go back to listening enough. You know, listening is the main uh, reason why communication breaks down. And we have that throughout our lives, not just in our career, but we have it at home. You know, communication has to be effective. the The brain hears about the first 20 seconds of everything you say. So if your customer is not actively engaged in a conversation with you and you're not listening to them, then they're not hearing what you're saying either. So that's probably the two things that I would say. Know your business and practice communication and active listening.
1: Yeah, those are both excellent, excellent insights. Thank you for those. So perfect. So everybody, thank you for listening. That kind of does it for this episode. Uh, Please check out b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with friends, family, coworkers, and please do not hesitate to write a review on iTunes. Cindy, I can't thank you enough for the time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Chad.
1: All right, everybody. Again, thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time.